Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. He never filed up, so the bank contacted me and gave a counteroffer to my $10,000. Their counteroffer was $12,500. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and Patch of Land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, Episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Well, hi there, best ever listeners. How's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and today's guest, we've got Rod Stanback. Hello, Rod. Hi, Jim. How are you today, sir? Hey, I am doing well, my friend, doing well, and I am looking forward to our conversation because you are an experienced real estate investor and hard money lender. So we're going to talk about hard money lending. In fact, Rod's got a company called Flip Funding, which is, as I mentioned, a hard money lender, and he's done over $20 million of funding annually. He has an over $1 million of real estate holdings personally, and he acquires four buy and hold properties every year. And do not get on his bad side because his favorite hobby is boxing so he will punch you out (laughs) although that is a bit ironic because he also said that one of one of his biggest passions is helping others so perhaps he won't punch you out he he is just a well-trained boxer i imagine so rod with that being said can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now yes well thank you best ever listeners for tuning in i appreciate your time uh, thank you, Joe, for the wonderful introduction. To give you a little more about my my background, my real estate background, um, it actually started at Applebee's. I was working there for a few years in my early 20s, and conditions were not ideal, as you can imagine. Uh, it was a minimum wage position. 
a lot of my co-workers were in their 40s and 50s, and they were, you know, just not happy with their life and disgruntled. My boss was like the angriest guy on earth, so I envisioned much more for my life, so I began to seek better opportunities. One of the opportunities that I proceeded with to pursue was my carpenter's certificate. I was always in love with, you know, watching a diamond, seeing a diamond. I was watching those shows on HDTV and everything like that, and, you know, I just fell in love with the concept of taking a shell and then having this beautiful home in the end. So I went to school and got my carpenter's certificate. Immediately after that, I started subcontracting with Home Depot, installing doors and windows, got really good at that, started my own business doing doors and windows. But then, you know, I had my interest peaked in remodeling homes totally, you know. So my brother's best friend, he had his own construction company. So I went on and started doing some jobs for him. And many of the projects that we were doing, we were taking warehouses, converting them to apartment buildings. And most of the work came from a New York investor. And in Philadelphia, a lot of investors from New York come here because the property is so cheap in comparison to that market there. So he was here. And I saw the profit that he realized from these properties. And, I mean, we were the guys doing the work. He just found the deal. So I figured, you know, how difficult can this be? And it immediately piqued my interest, and I wanted that. Wow. So, yeah, so you were doing warehouse conversions and converting them into apartment buildings. How do you begin to do that? Well, I mean, are you referring to the process or? Yeah, the process. It's really simple. I mean, you just gut out the entire building. And then you get someone to come in and write the plans for your vision, whatever your vision is. You know, if you want it to be lost, then you have an architect or someone come in and draw some different designs. And once you find something that fits your vision, then it's easy from there. You know, you basically start as an empty shell, you know, so the opportunities and everything is limitless when you're starting with the shell. I tell everyone when I'm doing a rehab, I, I, I would take a shell over a property, you know, that has, you know, that's, that's, I would take a shell over a half repair property any day because, you know, when you have a property, say I just move out of my home and you go in and try to remodel it, if you have a different vision, now you have to take everything down and then build it back up. But if it's already empty shell, then it's easy to just go in and go on in and just create your vision. As with most investors, the road to success starts with Applebee's and then goes from there. So yeah, you start at Applebee's and you realize that, hey, this just isn't isn't my, what I want to surround myself with based on everybody being grumpy. And then you got your carpenter certificate. Then you started working with your brother and, and remodeling homes, converting warehouses into apartment buildings. At what point did you start investing on it for yourself? So at the time I was working with my brother and his friend remodeling those uh, warehouses and turning them into apartments, I was saving my money. I was still doing my doors and windows from my side business, and then I was doing that. So I was saving the funds from both. Now, at this time, I couldn't get a loan because I was a victim of credit theft. Uh, someone had got a car in my name. I'd never seen it a day in my life. It was like ten grand, so that damaged me. So getting a loan was out of the question, specifically from a bank. Even hard money during this time, there was rarely any lending going on because now we're talking about 2008, you know, and we're at the height of the crash. So there was really no money moving in the industry. So if I wanted to get a property, I had to do it with my own profit, I mean, with my own funds. So I was just saving my money while I was working both of these jobs at the time. And then a friend, he actually introduced me to two properties that were available from a guy that 
he had known off of the streets. So uh, he lived in this area, actually. He always had property for sale, but he wasn't educated on the real estate industry. He just saw an opportunity. He knew I was looking, so he presented it to me. And I followed up with the guy we met, and, you know, I was just, it just blew my mind that he had two properties for $10,000 that this would be, you know, my interest into the real estate industry. So I didn't ask any questions. You know, I went and looked at the properties. Now, mind you, you know, this is my first deal. So I didn't know anything about a title company, about title insurance or anything. I just thought, <laughs> I shoot the cash, you give me the paperwork, then I'm in the business. So um, that's what happened. You know, I gave him the money. He gave me two things that were deeds. And um, I was in the game. You know, I just took that year. I rehabbed that entire property. You know, again, I'm using my cash, doing everything slowly but surely. I got a few loans from, like, family members. But... In the end, the property was beautiful. I listed it. It actually sold in two weeks. But the kicker was that the property was stolen, you know. And um, Oh, no. The property was, did you say stolen? Yes, they were stolen. What happened was the real owners had passed away, and the properties were sitting vacant for over 10 years. And he was going around. I guess he was watching them, you know, and he did his research, and he knew that the owners were passed away. So... He knew no one would be coming back for it. So, yeah, he, he just, you know, typed up fake deeds and, you know, and I got stuck, basically. So I didn't find this out until after the property had sold and my realtor had asked me for the HUD-1. And, you know, I didn't know what the heck he was talking about, a HUD-1. I said, HUD who? You know, so <laughs> he referred me to a lawyer and I told the lawyer my situation. And then, you know, that's when he confirmed that uh, it was I was a victim of a scam. So we had to do a quiet title process and. Luckily, in the end, I prevailed. You know what I mean? No, none of the owners or their heirs have responded. So it was just a heck of a learning lesson for me. Holy cow. What a story. What's a quiet title process? What does that mean? Quiet title process is when you have a property and you try to you try to locate the owners. If the owner is deceased, then you try to locate their heirs or whoever would have a claim to that property to see if they have any interest because... If anyone, you know, the person was obviously dead who owned the property before I acquired it. But if their children had any interest in the property, then all the work, you know, I have hundred, I had $100,000 into this deal. All of that would have been gone. You know, they would have gotten a completely remodeled property just for saying, yes, this is my property. I want it. So, yeah, uh, the quiet title process just contacts the rightful owners to determine if they have any interest in the property or, you know, if you get to keep it. How do they contact them? They give them a call and send them a letter? How does that work? Well, you got different ways you do it. You put, you have to do three blasts in the newspaper. You know, you have to do that. You have to try to identify family members and try to send mail to the family members and try to just try every method you can to try to get contact with them just to be sure that they have no interest in the property. Are you or whoever was facilitating this could not get a response, and it's good for you, but you didn't re- get a response from any family member after they received or after they got sent a letter saying, Do you want this property? Yes, for that one property that I rehabbed, thank God nobody ever responded. Uh, we did identify some family members that were local to the area that were still living there, but they may have thought that it was a scam or something but they never followed up at all so i thank god for that but the second one which was was a duplex and i started on that one immediately after this project we did find the uh homeowner had heirs in california they had moved out and completely forgot about the property and when they left it was 
a shell. So they just thought it would it would be in the same condition. So I mean, they requested like a three thousand dollar payout in exchange for the rights to the property. So I was happily, you know, I happily cut that check just so I could keep my investment. Wow. And what did it end up selling for? It sold for one fifty. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, what a crazy experience. Yeah, it was a nightmare, but I prevailed through it all, so I'm glad that we can laugh about it today. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we can too. <laughs> oh my gosh. How much did you put into that property? 100,000. You know, I only paid 5,000 for it, but it was, you know, like I said, it was a complete shell, so I had to put like ninety five thousand into it completely, so sold it for one hundred fifty. So it wasn't a bad investment, especially for your first one. You know, I learned some invaluable mistakes on that. Wow! And and now you've you've done the flipping thing, and you you continue to buy properties. You mentioned, or I mentioned, because I was reading what you gave me, you acquire four buy and holds annually. Are they turnkey when you buy them, or are you getting in there and doing some dirty work? Now, I always I don't like turnkey investments because I feel as though a lot of the time the the returns the profits aren't there you know with the turnkey you know, if you're looking for residual yes it, it makes sense to get turnkey but I just enjoy getting in and you know transforming the property myself so I buy everything and I do I don't do the work personally myself I did start out that way but now I have crews who you know completely do everything for me that have been working with me since my first property. And in addition to those properties that you buy and hold, you've got this flip funding company where you do over $20 million of funding annually. Why'd you get into that? I got into that because, remember, I told you that, you know, I was a victim of credit theft, so my credit was horrible. I couldn't get any financing through traditional lenders. When I first started investing, the market was flat. You know, there wasn't anything moving, so... They weren't hardly up to lending, even for hard money was tough. You know, it was not really asset-based lending for hard money then. You know, everything was like credit-based, and my credit was shot, uh, my funds were limited. So I had to look in other avenues. I had to seek other avenues, which was private investors. You know, so I looked amongst my family members and close friends who knew me and believed in me, and that's how I got to fund many of my transactions when I was doing flips later on. I didn't do flips until about 2011 because that's when the market started to pick back up. You know, before then, I just had my initial properties that I bought and held on to them. I still have them to this day. But during that time, you know, I knew that I had the skill and all the capabilities to be a successful investor, but I just didn't have the opportunity within the market. You know, everyone that knew me gave me the chance, but I wanted to make sure that I was in a position to provide opportunities for people like me who came who are struggling to get financing. You know, everyone deserves a shot. A lot of time when you're seeking financing as a new investor, people want experience. But if you don't give them a shot, then how can they ever obtain this experience that you're asking for? So, you know, I feel investors' pain because I once was there. So I wanted to make the playing field a little even and provide opportunities for everyone who's, you know, willingly able and uh, willingly able and has a, a good plan for success in real estate. Very admirable intentions. And you know, we'll we'll segue now into Rod, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever is to always do your due diligence. You know, um, I just told you about my story from my first 
investment in real estate, and that could have been a complete catastrophe for me. But if I could have, if I would have done the due diligence, then I would have never been in that situation from the beginning. I also want to point out that before your due diligence, that's in general. Before you're doing any deal, make sure your numbers make sense. You know the comps and everything has to make sense. And if you know you don't want to go off your gut for everything, but if something feels doesn't feel right inside, then you don't go for it. Uh, that goes for partners. You know, I've partnered with people that I regret. You know, a lot of people, they, you know, they portray a certain image or a lot of people talk a good game, Joe, I'm sure you know, but not many people step up to the plate when it's time, you know, time for action. So perform due diligence on your partners, contractors before they do any work, you know, instead of having to, instead of having regrets later on, just make sure that everything's up front from the get-go and you'll avoid a lot of mistakes and save a lot, save yourself a lot of money. Yeah, and I I've heard that before, and I I always like to ask the guest how they approach that due diligence. So if I were to come to you and pretend you didn't know me, we met at a a real estate meetup in Philadelphia, and you told me what you did, and then I said, "Oh, that sounds so interesting. Let's partner up." What type of questions do you ask? Well, initially, it's easy now because you have. Online, you with social media and everything, you can really investigate people on the surface, you know. So at that point, if you approach me about a situation, you know, I say, okay, you know, let's, you know, let's meet up for lunch and let's, you know, schedule a time so we can discuss it in detail, and that'll buy me some time so I can do my research, you know, preliminary about you, and then I'll create a list of things based off of that business that I want to ask you. But I would want to know. I want to see your history, you know, about what projects have you done in the past, the outcome. I would want references from people that you've worked with this and worked with in the past, you know, whether it be a partner, a vendor, or anybody. You just need to find out, like, their character and make sure that they're, they're in alignment with your goals and what you're trying to accomplish in life or in, in that business or project. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round, Rod? Yes, I am, Joe. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Are you still chasing down rent checks every month? Cozy provides free online rent collection and screening tools to landlords just like you. Automate your business for free. Sign up at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Rod, what's the best ever book you've read? The best ever book I've read was Ultimate Mind Control by Dr. Ha Ha Bob. And it's basically a book that helps you with mental domination of, well, it teaches you the mental domination of Asian arts. It prepares you for handling any situation from the battlefield to the boardroom. You know, mindset is important in success. I think it's like 75% of success. If you can't learn how to adapt to uh, different circumstances and challenges that you're faced as an entrepreneur or in life in general, then there's no way for you to become the best you can be. You know, you have to be prepared mentally for all types of obstacles. How'd you come across that book? I haven't heard that one. There's a book here called Not Black, Not Barnes No, but it's called Black and Nobel, a local bookstore here. Philadelphia. Not <laughs> <laughs> no, I just looked at the title and it just, you know, caught my attention. So I read the back of it. And at the time I was struggling with my mindset. You know, um, 
I'm a victim of self-inflicting guilt. I am my worst critic. You know, I always compare myself to people that I'm aspiring to be like or, you know, or, or at the level that I'm trying to achieve. And, you know, it kills your self-confidence sometimes. So you have to put things in perspective and, you know, not measure things by where you're trying to go and where you're at, but where you came from, you know, and then your current state. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. Measuring things from where you came from and where you're at now, I, I that's that's pretty powerful stuff. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. My best ever personal growth experience was getting kicked out of college. Oh, I didn't mention that earlier, but before I actually started working at Applebee's, I went to college and I was up there just doing everything that I wasn't supposed to do. You know, partying, drinking, and smoking, you know, scholarships away. And it wasn't because I couldn't do the work. I just was not interested. You know, um, I was bored. You know, people say that, but I really was bored with school. And I just was up there having the ball. When I got kicked out, you know, it was like a reality check because I couldn't depend on a piece of paper to get me the income that I wanted to make. You know, I had to take my life in my own hands. And it taught me to be self-motivated, you know, gave me a sense of resilience. It fueled my entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, spirit, it made me resourceful. So, you know, without getting kicked out, I would never be here doing this interview with you today. What's the best ever success habit you practice? The best ever success habit I practice is meditation. I've just started this consistently about three months ago, and it's made a drastic change in my life. It's brought a sense of clarity to everything, you know, in my life. It's helped relieve stress and depression that we face as entrepreneurs. You know, we're juggling a lot of hats. There's always things being thrown at us, but you have to remain calm and focus through it all. And just understand that sometimes, you know, there's going to be things that you can't control, but you just try to handle it the best way you can, and that's all you can do. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done was... I would say it's the third property I've ever purchased. Uh, it was on eBay. It was a five, well, now it's a five-unit uh, commercial building. But at that time, I've never done a deal on eBay. Something just told me, you know, just search there. So I put in my, inform- I put in the, uh, my information for the, my location, Philadelphia, and I ran across this property. It was for sale for seventy. It was the bid was up to, it won seventy-five thousand for it. But the bid was up to 50000 and it was still a really amazing rate. I mean, raising price because the value was at one fifty then. And this was in 2010 when the market was still hurting. So I saw that, and, you know, the bid went from 50000 So I put a bid in for 10000 That was all the cash I had at that time. So <laughs> I knew it was a long shot, but, you know, I just gave it a go anyway. You know, you never know if you don't try. So I put my bid in. The bid actually got won by a guy who who lived in Washington State. He won for fifty thousand, but after the bid had after the auction had concluded, he never filed up. So the bank contacted me and gave a count off to my ten thousand. Their count off was twelve thousand and five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> twelve thousand five hundred dollars. And so I won that bid. I was ecstatic, man. And like I was ecstatic. Uh, so I got that. It was currently used as the lower level was it was three story building. The first floor was used as a like a breakfast restaurant, and then the owners lived on top. So I converted the entire thing into five apartment five apartment units, five one bedroom apartments that I make six hundred dollars a month off of. So I'm making it's currently generating three thousand a month, 
The value today is 250000 and it's in the up-and-coming neighborhood. So I see it uh, appreciating to at least a half a million dollars within the next five to ten years. And all in, I was about 90, 90 grand in that property. Your stories are so sneaky because I don't expect the punchline and then you throw something out there like 12500 or you know the properties were stolen. I, I, I'm just <laughs> you're you're very unassuming and then it's like you're like and then you're just like boom there it is and and by the way this is like a crazy thing that happened. Wow we got to keep on rocking but I just had to say that <laughs> what's the best ever project you're most excited about right now? Uh, man, my best ever project that I'm excited about right now is flip funding. I mean, the lending game is just like so exciting for me right now. It's intense. We're growing rapidly. We're in the process of a major expansion. You know, we're dominant here in Philadelphia and the surrounding areas, but we're also reaching out into different states. So, you know, it's really, it's really, you know, something that I'm proud of right now because I started this business, the lending business, about two years ago, and We've made drastic changes, and it's just been helpful to our bottom line. And um, we're starting to fund. So, I, you know, I private lend. We have our own money, but then I also broker out a lot of the money because we just can't keep up with the volume that we have coming in. So we're creating a fund, and you know that's going to be pretty huge for us. So I'm excited about this entire business. Best ever way you like to give back? Best ever way I like to give back is through information. You know, money. And material things have no value, especially when you're dealing with like friends and family, you know, because as soon as you stop that last, everything you've done has been forgotten. You know, they, they hate you and they talk bad about you and this and that. So I'd rather get some information. You know, they I like the old saying, you get someone fish, they can eat for a night. But if you teach them how to fish, they can eat for a lifetime. And is that your best ever quote? No, that's not my best ever quote. All right. What's the best ever quote? My best ever quote comes from Albert Einstein, and it, I'm thankful for all of those who said no to me. Because of them, I'm doing it myself. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I was going to try to save this until now, but I mean, my biggest mistake I've made was that first property that I purchased. You know, um, that's why I'm big on due diligence. I like I research everything before I get involved now. You know, because I don't want any regrets and. If I can avoid a costly mistake, then, you know, I'm all game for it. So definitely, before you do business, you never want to risk $100,000. You never want to risk any money that you don't have to in these deals. And investing is, is stressful enough. So if you can prepare yourself and do your homework ahead of time, then do that and save yourself a lot of, save yourself a lot of heartache. What's the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me is, Directly through my email is rod at flipfunding.net, where you can visit www.flipfunding.com and enter your info into our web form, and you'll get a free report of five steps to fast, easy funding every time. And every time we do a broadcast or email, it'll be it'll be coming directly from me, so you'll be in, you'll be in communication with us and know our current status or any events that we're doing throughout the uh, year. Amazing stories, amazing interview, amazing insight, and amazing success. Thank you so much, Rod, for being on the Best Ever Show and sharing your advice with the Best Ever listeners. And I mean, talking about the importance of due diligence, where you bought those two properties for a very small amount of money, and then you ended up going through and finding that they were uh, obtained illegally, and it was a scam. 
And uh, then uh, the first one, you went through the quiet title process, which is something I, I learned on this show from you, um, where you know, they, they have to try and contact, make best efforts to contact the deed holder. One of them worked out, and the other one worked out too. You just had to pay $3,000, and thank God you did, because you had dropped over hundred k into it. And then, I mean, such a unique way, buying a property on eBay, you're the first person I've met. Um, or at least interviewed on the show who has purchased a property on eBay. The $50,000 bid was one. You were second in line apparently with $10,000. They did the, the guy in Washington didn't follow up. Then the bank countered at a whopping $12,500. And now, you know, it, it's over $200,000 in value. Put in 90K all in. And it's it's in a great area of Philadelphia and I was just talking to a guest about Philadelphia and he was really high on Philly and he was talking about how he's a, he's directing all of, of his investors there and you by no means are anywhere close to the top of the cycle in, in Philadelphia right now so clearly there's a lot of room for that to appreciate and value um, and from you know get the lessons you learned from getting kicked out of college and working in Applebee's and I mean, this is just uh, getting your identity stolen. I mean, this is just what a wonderful lesson and lessons that you've taught us on this show. So thank you so much. And lastly, is there anything else you want to mention before we sign off? If any of you guys are looking to get funds for your deals, please contact me at flipfunding.com. We have great service and we have competitive rates in the industry and we'll be glad to service you. So thank you guys for your time. Joe, I appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.